We can practically count the number of cities in the Midwest on two hands, but are unsure when the rural towns start and stop. And with the tradition of slow-paced living, this region of the U.S. is often behind months, if not years, on trends. Whether it's the clothes we wear, the food we eat, the way we date, or how we spend our free time, we're here to dive into it all. Welcome to Hopefully, the podcast where three lifelong best friends sit down and catch up on each other's lives while also dishing on the latest trends in fashion, beauty, skincare, lifestyle, fitness, food, my favorite, travel, and more. We'll share our biggest dreams and darkest secrets, how we've overcome our fears and found confidence, our tips and tricks and trials and errors, and real life relatable stories. We want to help you feel confident in your own skin. To inspire you. We want you to lead a happier, healthier, easier, and more confident life. And hopefully, you do too. Get it? Straight to the point, a little sassy, but always real. Welcome to Hopefully. Welcome to Hopefully. Welcome to Hopefully. We're back. <laughs> it's always We're like so anxiety ridden. Another guest. Yeah. The best guest of all. I told Ashley right before we started this that this is the perfect podcast to pour ourselves a glass of wine and have the bottle mm-hmm. nearby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure. And if you're listening, go, go grab your wine now and then you can <laughs> listen through. <laughs> we will wait. We will wait for you. We'll give you a few seconds. <laughs> well, we're excited to bring on somebody that we all know pretty well. We grew up with her. Lane is here with us today. She is a wine connoisseur. I I I accurately know that I do not pronounce sommelier. Sommelier, which is it? Correct. <laughs> sommelier. Yep. Sommelier. sommelier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just, when I first abbreviated som. Som. It's perfect. I'm. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I can do that. Much easier. She's an expert in wine, which is like all of our favorite things. So yes. we're so excited to have you and really appreciate you taking your time to like come hang out with us. Yes, I'm so excited to be here and to talk about wine and all the fun things that are involved in the process of becoming a psalm and just your own personal experience and adventure in the wine world. Right, for sure. It's, it's well, do you so wanna, interesting. Do you want to start off just like giving it telling us just a little bit about you first just like where you're at I mean we all we grew up with you so we know where you're from but just let everybody know yeah Yeah. so I'm currently living in Quincy Illinois and I moved here after college um, for a job actually in wine and so I'm still here eight years later Um, but uh, so yeah so (laughs) About me, um, I've always just kind of been interested in wine, traveling, history, different cultures and stuff. And um, wine just kind of managed to hit all of those things in one category. And it's been amazing. There's always something to learn, always something to discover. And I always knew I needed that. I always, I needed something that like, there is no like end in sight. Like I needed that thing that I could just keep digging at and exploring and learning and just for my own interests. And I'm kind of a learner by nature as in just, I like studying. I liked school. I like, um, yeah. Yeah, you did. I I remember that. You were were always like so into school, like so smart ahead of your time. In college you did, wasn't one of your majors history too? Art history, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so it all really connects. Um, But that's kind of where the passion fell. I mean, I would drink wine in college, would, you know, steal something on my parents' cellar, have a glass (laughs) with them. Um, Yes. (laughs) Still do that. Yeah, still do that. You're never too old to uh, steal from the cellar and you know, drink some really good stuff. Yeah. And they've been aging it for me is what I like to tell them. Um, I think when I so. open up something from like fair. the 90s, I'm like, you guys just knew in advance. Yeah, you knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, because they prepared I can't you. age anything that long. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but going on with school. So I um, kind of the initial interest with wine past just drinking it, um, which still stems from that is I did a semester abroad in Europe, in Florence, Italy specifically. And it was during that semester abroad, like I said, I knew I liked to drink wine and they're like, okay, well, it's like, oh, like Cabernet. And they're like, we don't have Cabernet. I was like, what? What do I drink? (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm in Italy. I'm in the land of wine and I don't know what to drink. (laughs) And so with Florence, it's actually Chianti. Chianti Classico is um, like the, is the wine. It is uh, like the icon of Florence. Uh, as far as wine goes. And so I kind of started like learning that I loved these dry wines and that there was all these varietals. And then it was like, oh, France is different. Spain is different. And I was like, this is kind of cool. And throughout my semester, I was like, okay, like there's got to be jobs get wine from point A to point B somehow. I don't know anything about the wine industry and wine world, but I'm like, there's got to be something. So I came back that semester, did my senior year. And I was like, I'm going to take a job in the wine industry. I don't know where, how, or like what's going to happen, but I know I want to give it a shot. So Mm -hmm. fast forward, moving to Quincy, um, I got a job with a wine distributor, alcohol distributor, and they needed a wine sales rep conveniently about March of senior year of college. So very good timing Um, and is close to home. And so I was like, all right, like it's a pretty safe bet. Like if I don't like it, at least I'm home close to family again after being away for four years and yeah and they're actually the company that I still work with and started my um, company with uh, about three years ago so it's kind of funny how things come around and those connections and networking that you make in a previous job how it relates to a future job or a future passion um, or for my company and so I knew when I was going to start Verve or wanted to start a wine company, I needed to come back home and work that networking system that I already had in place. Very cool. So, so I guess I didn't realize, can you explain to us um, what Verve does? Like, how mm-hmm. how does it work? Yeah. So, so yeah. So Verve Imports is the company. I guess I should say, state that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the idea is we work with wineries in Europe. And then we, um, I'm responsible of getting that wine to the states. So right now I sell to the state of Illinois. Um, and it's kind of interesting. So everything's on a federal level and then on a state level. Mm-hmm. The logistics of wine and alcohol is insane. I still don't fully understand it. I don't know if anyone actually <laughs> does. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's always so many questions. I'm like, that's gray area. I don't know. Let me research. Um, But yeah, so I work with the wineries and represent basically them to distributors. And um, so, yeah, so then the distributor, I work with them and we go to restaurants, to liquor stores, um, whatever you can think of. 
And that's how we sell the wine. And so by law, we have to have a three-tier system in place. So I cannot sell directly to consumer. Um, You either have to be a winery here in the States, um, or you have to be that restaurant or liquor store that we're talking about. You also legally cannot own both. You cannot be a supplier or an importer and a retailer. Okay. Really? Wow. Yeah. So interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So when people are like, I just want to buy from you. And I'm like, you can't, can't. but you can, <laughs> you can, but you can't. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So there was kind of some things to figure out. And then, you know, there's always questions of why didn't you just have a store or a bar, you know, or actually work mm-hmm. with um, the consumers and as much fun as that part of it is, I always knew I wanted to work more on the abroad side, the traveling side, the working with, like I said, the different cultures, the different people. And I do not regret that decision for a second. It also allows me to be relatively remote versus a brick and mortar. Got to be there for so many hours, you know, or finding good employees to cover and Mm -hmm. educate people for you. And that was just something that didn't quite fit for me at that time. So if Very you cool. were to have opened your own place, I guess I didn't even know this. If you were to open your own place, you wouldn't be going to all of these wineries and buying from them. You would be finding somebody like you to buy the wines from. Yes. Okay. Where are you all importing from? So I predominantly work with Italy. Um, we actually have okay. eight wineries that we represent currently in Italy. And then I have one in Spain. How do you find all of them? Uh, it's actually kind of a funny story. And I am kind of a big believer in like right time, right place. For Destiny, sure. Because certain mm-hmm. things just you could not. You've plan come to better. the right place for that. <laughs> yeah, we all think that way. Yeah, I mean, there are just things that's like, I could not have planned that better myself, even if I knew Mm -hmm. all the moving factors. And um, so how you kind of go and meet a lot of these wineries is there's a lot of trade fairs. There's two really massive ones in Europe. There's a lot, but two massive ones. And one's been Italy, which really focuses on Italian producers. And then there's Provine, which is in Germany. And it does a little bit better job of more international everywhere fair representation and so I went to Vin Italy just on a whim uh I knew I was coming back wanting to start a company didn't know exactly what direction I was going to be pulled in what I wanted to do so my mom's like you know what let's just go to Italy let's go to the wine fair yeah great experience <laughs> you know at the least and if not mm-hmm. hopefully it puts you in a direction one way or the other and it was like a bucket list item, like after working in the wine industry for years, hearing about these fairs, like it was amazing, like it, definitely on the bucket list regardless. Um, right. So we're just walking around aimlessly. There are thousands of producers there. And I'm just kind of looking at certain things or brands that I don't recognize, because once something is represented in the States, you can't also represent it within that state. So okay. I own the rights to all of the wines I represent for the entire state of Illinois. If someone in Chicago wants the wine, they have to go through me. So yeah, so you see like these popular brands, but you're like, okay, I can't represent that because it's already in the state. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're looking for, and then just certain other, um, I guess, requirements I was looking for. I was looking for family-owned wineries, properties, multi-generational, if possible, um, Mm -hmm. sustainable organic venticulture, and just the passion. Like I wanted 
to work with people who are just as passionate about what they're doing as I am. Mm -hmm. So I stumbled upon Tony Saza is his name, still stay in touch with him. And just no one was at his table. So I was like, you know what, we're just going to walk up and do a tasting at this point. It's like day two of four. And I was like, I don't know, like met some cool things, but, and so I was just kind of telling him a little bit about me, what I was interested in, some of my like wine certifications and education. And he's like, today's your lucky day. And I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no. And he's like, I, he's like, I can tell you are young, you are passionate. He's like that you're serious. And he's like, I know some family properties that are actually looking for representation in the States. Let me set up appointments with you. He's like on his phone contacting these people. They expected us. So we would go and meet with them. And I would say three or four from that first meeting is people that I still represent to this day and work with. And so, yeah, so I guess it was my lucky day. But I mean, what are the chances (laughs) out of tens of thousands of producers? I just happened to walk across his stand and he's a, he represents wineries, but he has a wine shop in Florence. So he works with so many different wineries around Italy and um, consults for people for marketing and for import or exporting, I guess, technically. And yeah, it was just the right connection and stumbled upon the right person. But yeah, I was seriously like, it's not my lucky day. He doesn't know <laughs> what he's talking about. <laughs> and oh I was God, very wrong. Cool. Wow. It's so crazy how that works out. That's awesome. It is. Still mind blown by it. And it happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) So how long ago was this? So this was 2017. Is April of 2017 is when I went over to Italy and started meeting with these people. Um, So later that year, I formed my LLC. And in 2018 is June is when I got my first shipment in from Europe. So we're about to go on three years of business or completing years of business. Yeah. That, that is, is incredible. Such an achievement. So do you go back every year then to these fairs and look for like, is eight kind of, or however many you said, that's your number or are you always looking to add more or is it like people are fluctuating in and out? How does that part of it work? Um, So always looking for more. Um, There is no like set amount that I want to deal with. Like some people's portfolios are massive and they have hundreds, if not thousands of different types of wine. Um, Right now, I think I have 44 ish um, actual wines that I represent. And so always looking to expand, but Mm -hmm. um, my mom goes with me. I mean, why wouldn't you to Europe? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) And she's just like, she's like, it's always mind blowing. She's like, you're just so particular. And she's like, and I don't know if it's always that you're looking for something specific. I can't say that I am. It's Mm -hmm. either something just clicks or I think there's a market or it's the right price point, the right people, um, the right thing that's going to fit in with everything else. I do try Mm -hmm. to eliminate too many things competing with each other since um, it is just my portfolio and you want things similar, but you also want everything to be fairly represented. And so I try to keep it minimum of what I bring in or bring in as I feel like I can still fairly represent everything else as it gets established in markets and kind of finds its own little niche consumer base. So what are you looking for? I know you just mentioned your mom saying like, Lane, you're so specific or it seems like you're looking for something. So when you're talking about like 
fair representation to the wines that you are already representing? Are there certain um, tastes or types of wine that you're looking at? Or, I mean, what what is it that gets you to finally represent them when it comes to the wine, right? Because the multi-generational, um, like, like organic, like that stuff is great, but I feel like that could be across the board. So there has to also be something with that particular wine. That so I to. think it's uniqueness of the wine. Um, so one thing that, you know, people comment on is I don't have a lot of international grape varieties. And so those are the grape varieties that are commonly known, like your Cabernet Sauvignon, your Merlot, your Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio. I actually do have a Chardonnay. I will claim that. (laughs) Um, but it's a semi-sparkling Chardonnay (laughs) that is very unique in itself. I have never tasted anything like it. And so I brought it in, but one thing is like Pinot Grigio, lots of people associate with Italy. I do not have a single Pinot Grigio in my portfolio because people are already familiar with it. There's already enough people bringing Pinot Grigio into the market. Yeah. I like to bring in the unique varieties, the things that people have never heard of or tried, which sometimes makes my job a little bit harder. Yeah. But I think it's what's missing specifically in the yeah. Midwest. And that was um, kind of where I ventured into because you go to cities, you go to visit wine lists and there's all these unique things and so many options. And when you're here in the Midwest, and as you guys know, growing up here, Mm -hmm. the selection is great, but it's not as diverse as if you're in a city. And a lot of it is, it's not worth a lot of importers times to spend time in these rural, small, smaller markets, Mm -hmm. or to even educate people to understand what they're buying. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of time to build all of those things. Mm -hmm. But being from a small town and knowing that there's this huge gap and that there's this, you know, opportunity to bring these wines in was the way I guess I started selecting wines and how I have still continued. And that doesn't mean I wouldn't bring in a Pinot Grigio or a Cabernet in the future. But Italy has like 300 and some commercial grape varieties. I couldn't even list them all to you. And most people don't know about them. And so there's so much uh, material to already work with Mm -hmm. that why would you add another Cabernet to a wine store that already has 50 Cabernets, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like those unique items. And I agree because if I'm at a store and I see a cat, like all the different cabs, I'm just going to the one that I already know, unless I'm texting (laughs) Lane, because I text Lane quite a bit. And I'm like, Hey, (laughs) I will send her a picture of the wine list and be like, what should I try? (laughs) But I will just, I will go towards the one Mm -hmm. that I'm familiar with. But ever since, um, ever since honestly, like you going through your journey and, um, me utilizing you as my main resource, I feel like you truly have, um, just brought so much knowledge to, to me. And, I still don't even know that much about wine because obviously I still have to text you all the time. But yeah, like some of the wines, I texted Lane a couple like a month or two ago and I was like, hey, is this like, is this a white wine? What What is this called? Like, what is this? Is this a Riesling? Like, I just don't know. It's white. Tell me what it is. And she was like, no, 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 you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there's just so many so many wines out there that um, it's even hard for me to constantly stick to a wine when people are like what's your favorite wine or what's Mm -hmm. your favorite it's like I love trying new things Mm -hmm. even on my own if I'm not drinking verve wine um you know like we I just went to California was in Napa and explored some Napa properties and their wines and they're incredible 
there's just so many things to choose from. And I even have my boyfriend where he's like, I found this new grape variety I've never had. We're buying it. We're going to try it. And so we always are just very curious to always try. And you never know what you're going to find or what you're going to like. That's so true. (laughs) I'm like fascinated by this. Can I have been (laughs) – I'm going to find a way into your suitcase one of these times to go on these. I've told you this so many times to go on, to go over to Europe with you. One, I've never been to Europe. Two, going to Europe with you and your mom and drinking wine. Like I can just be in the background. <laughs> yeah. Just hanging I, mean, out. I actually had um, a friend. Actually, two people have come with me now um, during going to these fairs and stuff. And one actually went to Italy, sat through the meetings and I mean, it's just a lot to take in. And then the next time they met us in France and I was meeting with some wineries um, just through some networking and people I had. And so they're hosting us. They're taking us on tours of their cities and doing these flights and all this stuff. And she was just like, I'm never traveling without wine or like visiting wineries ever again. She was like, because that was like the way to do it. And she actually grew up in Europe. And so she was exposed to so much of it, but she's like, never be wine side of it and I was like yeah I wish I could go back and do my semester abroad again now yeah. <laughs> and I could like geek out over all these wines so rather than cool. it being the start yeah so if you guys ever want to join let me know I'll make up fake, fake job positions for you guys <laughs> <laughs> where do we sign like how do we get how do we get on board for this I think that it's incredible what you're doing because it's so unique like I didn't even realize like, you know that there are distributors and middle middlemen in this type of business, but like never, there's just so much, I feel like love and dedication to this craft that I just didn't realize was there. I'm like in awe by this industry and what you're doing. And I'm loving learning so much about it. And I think I like almost got goosebumps when you were talking about how this market is missing in the Midwest. And that was like part of your intention was to bring it here. Cause that's what we wanted to do with Oakley is like, mm-hmm. we feel like this is missing here and all of us growing up in this area, but then also having the opportunity to like travel often and get to know so many different types of people and cultures. I think it's really, well, really you. cool what you're doing. And I'm so happy for you. It sounds it's been incredible for sure. So with that too, like <laughs> with your journey, um, so kind of, I know you mentioned it a little bit, but you have the highest degree of, I'm just going to abbreviate it and say SOM, right? So um, <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Um, it's actually kind of a complicated system. So there's all these certifications. Um, I have three different like programs worth of certifications. And so kind of just started out basically with the certified specialist of wine and it's an online kind of a self teacher, teach yourself. And then it's um, a multiple question exam at the end of it. Uh, It's a great starting point for anyone who's kind of wanting to learn more. It's very just general overall. You learn the different styles of wines, the different regions without it being a massive um, financial investment either. And then you kind of can work your way up. Mm-hmm. So after that, I moved to the SOM training um, with the Corps of Master Sommeliers. Mm-hmm. And there's four tiers of those. <laughs> and um, so if you've seen like the okay. documentary SOM, a lot of it is restaurant oriented. Um, so it's uh, right. the presentation. Mm-hmm. It's pairing the food. Um, it's very service driven. 
And so I did the first two levels yeah. of those or of the psalm, I guess. And then I kind of realized through this psalm training that my focus was never going to be restaurants. I didn't want to be a psalm in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And not saying that that's mm -hmm. the only thing you can do with those mm -hmm. certifications by any means. Um, but then there's the W set, which is the Wine and Spirits Education Trust that was started, I think, in the 1960s and in London. And it was a way for like trade people to um, <laughs> kind of start learning the quality value. It's just more the business side, I would say, um, as part of the training. So instead of okay. like a service exam, I um, had to do quality assessments. Is this a fair quality for the price? What is the value? Where would you rank this? And then it's also learning industry trends worldwide, locally. And that was just more what I was wanting to do. So I switched to the W set mm -hmm. and I completed all four levels mm -hmm. of that. So that was my most recent one. So then in a the sense, that's where I'm like, I'm okay. at the top, but it's just not as well known, but it's just not as like, I think flashy mm -hmm. and as glamorous as the Psalm side of it is. And I technically am a certified Psalm as well. So it works. But yeah, so that was kind of mm -hmm. my journey. And so with the WSET diploma, since they've created it, like I said, in the 1960s, there's only been about 10,000 people who have completed all four levels in the world. So it's oh, still geez. pretty elite. I mean, I watch all of those documentaries. Yeah, it's like the most intimidating thing ever. I would, I think every single one of those documentaries on Netflix that I've watched about getting any certification in wine is terrifying because there's so much knowledge you can know and I think it's insane that you're even at the level you're in a, you're, at, you're so. we're in the presence of wine royalty <laughs> yes essentially here yeah it's yeah crazy yeah so oh my gosh I guess seven years to fully complete everything I mean given there were breaks and I was working in that time frame too um the final level itself took two and a half years which they say anywhere from 18 months to three years wow. um, based on how quickly you want to do it, I guess. And mm -hmm. so it's a lot. And then there's two other levels. Like Master Psalm is viewed as yeah. probably a little bit more elite than the certification I currently have. And then the most elite I would claim is Master of Wine. You actually get to put an MW behind your name, like an MD. Kind of cool. <laughs> That's um, really yeah, it's like, cool. oh, no big deal. I'm just a master nice. of wine. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, like, who don't know anything about wine, they just walk into a store and they buy wine and then they drink too much of it and it just wasn't, wasn't good wine. We don't, like, people who don't have knowledge just don't know how to go about figuring out what to buy or what to pair with the dinner they're about to make. So if you were to, like, recommend, like, one or two just base wines like obviously a lot of people say like Pinot Noir or like a Sauvignon Blanc or something but are you going to rep, rep like recommend a specific kind of those because obviously there's multiple and you can buy them from multiple um, I do recommend blends they're a great way to start getting into wines whether it's white <laughs> or red or if you know you like a certain style of wine like if you like really creamy stuff like maybe a chardonnay is a better place to start um or if you like something more crisp and refreshing like go maybe go the sauvignon blanc route um red is kind of i think just based on personal preferences like how heavy of a wine you want to go with um but like i said i would the best way to start venturing out is mm -hmm. 
you know, might find something that your local store recommends that you wouldn't have tried um, or try them side by side with something else. And like price, what so about price range? I, I'm a big believer that you do not need to spend a lot of money on wine to have great wine. And that's another thing about Midwest um, aspects that I took into consideration when picking a portfolio is like, is the value there? And is... Um, Right. Is the quality there? Is the price point right? And so in my portfolio, I actually have, I'm trying to think, there's only three wines, I think, that are over $50 on the shelf. Everything is less. And majority oh, wow. of those wines are $25 or less. Wow. And again, it's just your roots. It's what people are wanting. You know, you Amazing. can have a $500 bottle of wine. You could have a $100 bottle of wine. How many people are really going to buy that? And in our markets, in these rural areas, you know, how many t- how many times are people going to buy that too? Even the people who can afford it or don't mind mm-hmm. spending that kind of wine, money on wine, right? it's still the everyday aspect. And to me, that's also what European wines are mostly for. It's meant to be the wine on the table. You have it with dinner every night and the mm-hmm. whole family drinks it and Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's definitely, I think yeah. that, so I would say really your yeah. 10 to $20 range is your best. Um, I think like where your best value can possibly come from. Wow. I think, and I, wow, I, that like resonates with me I so love much that. because <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because you just like down at the lake. So my parents have, um, tons of wines that Lane represents and uh, it's so nice to just go in there and pull out a bottle of wine and not have to worry about it being like X amount of money. Mm-hmm. So if we want to drink like five bottles, then we drink them. And you know what? To mm-hmm. me, they literally, I mean, and Lane could probably tell you what could taste like what high-end bottle of wine or what's similar, but they taste, yeah. I almost prefer the wines that are coming from her over she, like yeah. the other high-end bottles of wine yeah that are I in mean his wine definitely an aspect right. of it and then with your yeah. lower price points too for the most part they're meant to be consumed they're meant to be with food they're um yes. I don't know it's just a different aspect than some of those higher-end wines that are meant to age and cellar and they need like a big steak to go with them to like so you don't feel like you're just chewing on the wine by itself don't get me wrong. I drink those wines by themselves happily <laughs> with no food <laughs> or with food. Happily. Um, happily. You know, there's something about just that everyday price point. And, <laughs> you know, that's ultimately at the end of the day, you got to look at who your target market is. Yeah. Like I said, it's that niche. And so that's what we're trying to find and always evolving and modifying and the amount of changes the company itself has made in the past three years is crazy. And that's one thing I think with just entrepreneurship is like, you can't have an end. You can have goals, but I don't think there's really an end goal, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. things are always changing. I was just going to say that that's like a perfect, that's like the perfect representation of a business owner or any successful business is like, you are looking at your market and you are changing and growing with it. You're not just like, this is my goal. And when you get here, it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's you definitely it do. <laughs> it's all a about learning here and, and there when something is. <laughs> well, yes, after you're a so little true. established, but you're still learning and growing and finding ways to continue to please those people and really serve them. 
as a business owner. And I think that just like speaks volumes to, you know, the type of person you are, the type of marketer and yeah, I just always tell myself it's a cliche, but it's so true with um, Mm -hmm. starting a business is it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I like tell me my, tell myself that little mantra Mm -hmm. all the time because there are days where the endurance that it just takes to get through some stuff or not seeing immediate results mm-hmm. or changes or like it's the little wins yeah. like that mile marker like oh I just hit this and you know you continue but mm-hmm. yeah I was thinking about that the other day is just yeah. there's no end goal really with verb I don't know what the end will even look like you know so we're always changing right we're trying to create after yeah. COVID more service oriented things. So I can't sell wine directly to consumers, but there are so many other outlets that we can offer to people. And I think after being trapped in your house and limited um, to certain mm-hmm. things as we've learned, mm-hmm. people love community. Obviously you guys are, you know, capturing mm-hmm. that audience perfectly with this podcast. And yeah. the other thing is, um, Oh, wait, where was I going with that? Community. Oh, and virtual technology. Technology. Obviously, we're here on a podcast. (laughs) Technology. Um, Is that we can virtually do so many more things. You can reach out to so many more people than um, what we've, I think, realized. I think we knew, but it wasn't really important until this past year. And so, you know, we started doing mm-hmm. virtual tastings. Right. We started getting um, wineries on Zoom calls for clients. And it's like, why not bring Italy to your living room? We have the technology. We have the right. ability to do that. It's just not something we think about yeah. when things are normal or good. And right. so, like, this past year has right. been a lot of innovating because it's like, how do you get wine to people when they're not going to stores or they're not wanting to spend maybe extra money on an item that they don't? know about um because you go to your favorites or your right. um staples right. and mm-hmm. so we've created a wine club mm-hmm. too now mm-hmm. and we yeah. go through a, um, a store here locally in quincy and it's two bottles a month um 35 flat rate probably going to change some of the setup but this is what we've been doing and i just pick the selections they give you um a little background on like the winery the tasting notes and then always um, suggested pairings. Like you said, how do you know what you eat with wine? And um, there's certain wines that I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't always drink. But if I'm making a certain meal, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to drink that with it because they go together. And so, yeah. Right. So and then another exciting thing we have coming yeah. up, like I said, focusing on services is we're actually I'm going to start forming, creating its big undertaking, but working on it is um, wine education courses. So on my own level. So So it's not technically a certification or anything, but it's like a wine 101 class for people who want to learn a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I will sign up right now. Yeah, we Yes. As I say, (laughs) sign us up. We are there. Um, Yeah, and just taking things that I've learned from my classes and getting people more (laughs) familiar and comfortable with these different varietals, these different wines, feeling more confident ordering a wine off a menu, just simple things that can be translated to so many other areas of your life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like I said, we're always innovating, always trying to find new things. But I think there's a need again for education on wine, especially in this area, people who are not Mm -hmm. in a city. And Mm -hmm. so we're really excited to launch that. That'll be in January. Mm -hmm. So this is an upcoming project. So you guys are getting the first inside scoop on that. (laughs) 
Oh, so yeah, exciting! September, so kind of leading up to the holidays because you could purchase, you know, the class for a loved one. You know, it makes a great like holiday gift or something. So yeah, but yeah, yeah I never thought sure. I'd be. Oh, I love that. Online, but here we are, and like that's what I'm saying. It's like you're always evolving, always here you know, modifying. So, but you it's really do. exciting. Yeah, you're literally the master <laughs> of wine in my. I just eyes. need to get the title, I guess, to go with it. Yeah, you don't need the MW. I'll put it there in parentheses. <laughs> you do the wine tastings, like the virtual wine tastings on Facebook, and you just learn so much about it. Because I remember the couple times that I've joined in on it, you're like, "Okay, what are you, what are you tasting, or what are you smelling?" And it's like, "Oh my god, I never thought about." <laughs> yeah, that. Um, I mean, so like one rule that I like to tell people, and if you watch a virtual tasting, um, it's mentioned is always try to identify like three things in the wine, just three. Um, because on like an intense psalm level, you're describing a lot of different things and you're coming up with, you know, probably up to 20 descriptors. So coming up with three is like, just keep it simple. Like, even if it's just, I get citrus fruit, like this reminds me of, you know, citrus fruit, or this reminds me of tropical fruit, Mm -hmm. reminds me of red berries. You know, you don't have to say raspberry or give a cherry, you know, you don't have to get so specific. It's just the basics. And one thing that's great, too, on your own to always do at home if you're curious is, you know, get a Cabernet from, and I'm just using this as an example, you get a Cabernet from California and get like a Bordeaux from France. You can spend the same amount of money on them. They're both Cabernet based for the most part. And just see what's the difference between the climate of France and the climate of California, because they're massively different. And that's always like step one is like old world versus new world. Old world is Europe. New world is right. colonies is the most simplest way to think of it. Mm-hmm. And because um, most colonies, most new world is a warm climate or warmer climate. And most of Europe is more in the continental cooler um, climate or you have the Mediterranean, which is very different as well. So trying these two wines side by side is like step one and learning kind of in blind tastings and how to um, start picking out those differences I do blind tastings a lot and that's such a good idea wrong often so (laughs) there's no pressure that is just like so smart (laughs) because I I was thinking this the other night because I tip I typically order a cab because I like the the fullness like the full body of it and that's what I prefer but I've noticed that like I'm always so shocked when a cab tastes so different (laughs) from another cab I'm like why though why do you taste so different I still like it I'm still gonna drink it but like what and so now I'm going to start just strategically doing this I'm gonna report back update everybody how this is going (laughs) because I'm so intrigued by this world like my mind is blown tonight I did not expect this I'm very excited I don't think I'm gonna become a psalm but I want to be I'm gonna take your class because I want to be educated enough that if people are asking me about yes. wines, I can be like, yeah, actually. And kind of the know. idea of like the wine 101 is like that's the difference is kind of understanding the old world versus new world. It really is like step one in kind of right. learning about wine because Europe has so much tradition and history in it. And a lot of them don't like to change their ways and in a good way. I mean, it's just, you mm-hmm. know, it's practices have been passed down for hundreds of years, if not thousands. Right. And then you have more modern winemaking facilities, technology, because when these vineyards were being planted in California in the late 1800s and really boomed in the 1970s, 
think of the technology you had going into the 1970s with a winery versus, oh, my family's been making wine since the 1500s on the same property. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's just so many things that can change. And that's where I kind of understood that I lean towards old world more myself personally. And that's just, I like more acidic Mm -hmm. wines, a little bit lower alcohol, more acidity um, versus more fruit forward, higher alcohol, new world wines. Now everyone's different and everyone kind of finds their different preferences, but it's such a good place to start. And like I said, there's no pressure on being right or wrong because I get things wrong, but that's the best part about blind tastings is like you put all of your preconceived notions. Even if I know the wines that I'm drinking, there's always something that's like, oh yeah, like I'm probably going to like this one best because that's what I typically like to drink. Then you do a blind tasting and more often than not, I never choose the one that I think I'm going to like the best. If I'm just like, oh, this one's drinking so well. Like I love it. Like I, what is this? And um, so it keeps you on your toes and it keeps, you know, like you in perspective of certain things too. So it's fun. It's just such an inspiration to hear you talk about your love for this and your ability to make it a career and, I just like hope people hear this and are like, I can yeah. chase my passion and really find a way to mm-hmm. work in a industry that, you know, connects so closely to something that fills my cup no yeah, absolutely. every single day. And, you know, I, <laughs> always, I do know I'm very fortunate in finding it at 19 years old in Europe. I mean, I didn't know it would turn into this, you know, nine years later. Yeah, but you chased it. You put in a lot of years of work to get to where you are, and it's evident, and it's it's really oh, – thank you. You're glowing. Yeah. Lane has um, – well, Verve has a Instagram and website. Um, so the Instagram handle, I believe, is yes, just is. at Verve Imports, And the website right, is the same, verveimports.com. Um, yeah, and there's information. Um, cool. Actually, our entire portfolio is on our website, so you can go and click on a winery um, or a certain product, and we have kind of the method of how the wine is made, tasting notes. Some are similar, like there's a couple white wines that are very similar to Sauvignon Blanc, and we have that listed on there so that you feel more comfortable being like, okay, I kind of know what I'm getting. Um, as well as we'll be revamping the website this summer to um, start listing all these services that we're offering as well. So. Stay tuned. So excited for you. Yes. Oh, I love this. I cannot wait. Well, that was an awesome episode of Wine and Wisdom. Yeah, wow. We didn't know we were going to get the wisdom too, so that was a Yes, and like could not (laughs) tell you, cannot even explain how happy we are you were able to join us and talk to us about all of this. It's been literally so good. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on here and being able to talk about all of these fun things and... I do hope it inspires someone, you know, to go out there and chase a passion or, you know, don't be afraid to um, explore an avenue, even if you're not familiar with it or where it could be, because I had no idea like, right. what jobs or opportunities there were right. in the wine world, but okay, there's got to be something. But here you are. Yeah. yeah. And we will for sure have you back. Yeah. For sure have Absolutely. you back. We need updates Definitely. about all of this stuff you're working Definitely. on and the next fair that you go to of and course. how it goes and... Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hopefully. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we would truly appreciate it if you would take the time to like, rate, and subscribe. Thanks again for hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time on Hopefully.